Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good Monday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you starting of the week with us here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald, and we got a lot of football to talk about. Most of it Eagles, but we will certainly give you our thoughts on the two championship games played yesterday and the upcoming Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. Uh, but we surely start with the Philadelphia Eagles because Johnny Mac, I'm on the air till two o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So I had seen the report from Adam Schefter, that the Philadelphia Eagles certainly acting quickly to hire Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator after being eliminated from the playoffs and deciding Nick Sirianni was going to stay, but there would be other coaching staff changes, including the two coordinator positions. Got Vic Fangio in as their defense quarter pretty darn quickly and not that far behind. New offensive coordinator as well. A couple names were tossed out there last week. Uh, some interviews done. And they got Kellen Moore done pretty darn quickly as well. Uh, as soon as the Chargers knew they were hiring Jim Harbaugh, they gave Kellen Moore the ability to go out and talk to other teams. Well, he talked quickly to the Browns and then came here to Philadelphia. And Howie Roseman at all offered him the offensive coordinator's job. Nick Sirianni talked last week in the media session about fresh ideas. Fresh ideas, yeah. Is Kellen Moore bringing the type of fresh ideas in the Philadelphia for the new look Eagle offense next year. Um, I, I think he's a really good coordinator. I, I, I'll say that, uh, you know, the fresh ideas part of it. I, I don't know. Everybody. I, I think people, <laughs> you throw a little motion in there. They think it's a fresh idea. Uh, and he is, you know, I, I, I think about the pendulum theory in politics, which is, you know, you know, when you go one way too far, it swings back the other way. 
So I think the things that you heard about uh, blitz motion, Kellen Moore's been very good at, at, at handling the blitz with Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, um, in his history, he uses motion top 10 motion team last year. I, I think it's a little bit of that, but to me, it's, it's okay because I think he's good. I think he's pretty good at, at, at his job. And, you know, I, I, I still wonder how it works and we're going to see that unfold. And I, I don't know if it's tenable because, you know, if you think about 2021 and this is an interesting day, I believe this is, the anniversary of Nick Sirianni's first press conference, January 29th, I believe. Um, And we all know how well that went. But I go back to that for this reason, Jody. The Eagles interviewed Kellen Moore uh, in 2021 to be the head coach of this team. Now, he's a very young guy now. He was even younger then, so it was probably a, a bit of a stretch. But they went with Nick Sirianni's offensive ideas over Kellen Moore's offensive ideas. So. the assumption and people grow and people regress and, and, and certainly things don't say the same. Um, but I'm interested to see how it works. And then you bring up some of the championship games and Dan Campbell's getting a lot of, you know, what today for his decisions, a lot of people, well, you gotta, you gotta fire Dan Campbell and you gotta keep Ben Johnson. Here's, here's the thing, Jody, if the Eagles play well next season, you know, and and reach the top of the league again, whether it's making the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, near the Super Bowl. Kellen Moore is probably going to be a head coach, and you're in this rotation again and again and again. But then I look at it from that perspective and that stat, which I brought up last week on the show, there's not a coordinator of this league that was in, in place before 2022. So maybe that's just part of it in the modern NFL. Absolutely. But, but – uh. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how it works and, and you know, if Nick's willing to sit back and say, all right, Kellen, it's your offense because everything you said in three years, and this is, I'm not talking about one time, Jody. I'm not talking about two times. I'm not talking about five times. I'm not talking about 10 times. I'm talking many, many times Nick Sirianni has said both in front of the cameras and behind the cameras, more importantly, as long as I'm here, this is my offense. Well, Jeffrey Laurie took that away from him. So I'm interested to see how that unfolds, uh, to say the least. And despite what Nick said previously, the most important thing was what was said last week, and it was blatantly obvious in these press conferences, and you and I read between the lines, everybody else reads between the lines, they state up to a point, but then they're not going to tell you exactly everything that's happening behind the scenes and said in closed-door meetings with Jeff Laurie and Harry Roseman. So you have to do some interpreting. Yeah, this is not going to be Nick Sirianni's offense this year. It will be much more Kellen Moore's offense with a meshing, that was another key word from last week, the meshing of the new ideas with the things that have worked for the Eagles over the last three years in Sirianni's offense, it'll be more more than it will be Sirianni. It'll be less, more more, less Sirianni, but it will be a meshing. And I'm good with the hire. I, I like Kellen Moore when he was in Dallas. I thought he gave the Eagles fits at times. I think he was a nice match with uh uh, Dak Prescott, 
and to use a word that uh, you use plenty of times here on the show, scapegoating. They scapegoated him, ironically. They scapegoated the snot out of him in Dallas. There was no way in my estimation he should have been fired last year just because of another early playoff exit. Somebody's got to be blamed. They weren't ready, much like the Eagles this year. They weren't ready to fire their head coach. And the quarterback was signed to a massive deal. So who's got to pay the price? Uh, Off with the head of the offensive coordinator. And he landed just fine in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. I think he's a smart young football guy. He's not that far removed from being on the field. So I think he relates to the young players in the National Football League. It would have been my second choice. I told you here last week on Birds 365, my number one choice would have been Joe Brady from Buffalo. And he also, like Kellen Moore, got the official gig yesterday in Buffalo. Um, I guess that the, with an interim, you still must go through the Rooney Rule hirings, right? Uh, meetings. You have to still adhere to the Rooney Rule. You just can't give a job to an interim. Yeah, yeah. Unless you can, you can do it um, uh, in season. Um, and that's a good question. I, I'll, I'll double back. You can definitely do it in season when you can just elevate an interim guy, take off that tag if you want without going through the, the hoops. I believe once the season ends, if you haven't done it, then then you have to go through it. But I, I'm not sure about that. That's a good, uh, uh, yeah, a good do, question. Do so. Please double check that for me because I was surprised. I thought that you know, then if the rules are the way you just stated them, then they missed an opportunity. I would elevate it a mid-season to have to not go through the uh, jumping of hoops for the Rooney rule. But they did. They finished the season. They got beat. They didn't want to deal with that while they were trying to make a Super Bowl run. So they had to do what they had to do. They got it done pretty quickly. And it looks like Brady uh, was not as available as maybe it looked because he didn't just immediately get the job. He would have been my number one choice. Kellamore probably would have been number two out of the guys that were available. I sure as hell wanted no part of Click Kingsbury. I don't know about Gerard Johnson, uh, short-term too quarterback. Too young, too, too inexperienced, especially coming off. I think the one thing I look in Vic, obviously, has been a coordinator, head coach, assistant to the head coach for about three decades. So, And, and Kellen, even though he's very young, this will be his sixth year as an offensive coordinator. Obviously, they didn't want to go into another year with, uh, and Sean Desai had one year, but Brian Johnson had no years at this level, and both of them had growing pains, as they should have, as the Eagles should have known. Um, you have to grow on that particular job. I think they wanted experience with the position, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, all those names, including Kingsbury, um, you threw out there, Joe Brady, um, Kellen Moore, I I wouldn't have had a problem with any of them. I'm more interested in how it works and how it, because that to me is the, the, but I think Kellen's been very good. He's had, you know, whether you look at traditional statistics, he's had a couple number one offenses, whether you look at advanced DVOA, he had number one offense at one point, he's done well, as I said, against the blitz, he's, um, you know, but he's also had two really good quarterbacks. So I, I do think it's a little bit uh, different um, and, and, and how you build around Jalen Hurts than how you build around uh, Justin Herbert or even Dak Prescott. Um, so, you know, we got to see it unfold. Um, but I think the more interesting part of it is, 
you know, how how Nick reacts and how Nick handles all this, to be honest. And, and Sirianni is still head coach, even though he may be a, a neutered head coach. He is still head coach. And how he handles it going forward, if you expect him to do the job and be the uh, leader of this team, the actual hands-on dictating of terms going to be lessened. So he's going to become a motivator and a rallying guy, uh, a, a CEO with the heavy on the uh, operating uh, end of it, he's got to have some good grip on where the team is going. He's got to be able to work with these two coordinators, and I don't think the defense is going to be the key. He's going to turn oh, the entire no, kitchen sink over to Fangio, but offense is something that's going to have to be collaborative, and I'd much rather see him working with Kellen Moore than a guy uh, who eventually got run out of Arizona. When they, when they hired him, they said, oh, okay, you need to have us pick the number one pick in the draft after we just took a quarterback in the top 10 the year before. Okay, yeah, whatever you want, Clint. Yeah. Well, Clip was, was right on that one, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Josh Rosen. Do you think he was right because he knew Josh Rosen was a stiff or because he had his desires to? to I, 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 I have no idea. No, he definitely wanted to coach Kyler, but uh, right. he was. He, 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 I have no idea if he knew Josh Rosen was going to be a stiff. But if he did or he didn't, he was a stiff. So I mean, right. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to give uh, Kingsbury all that much credit for that. Uh, to, a lot of people. Jody McDonald included said, what the hell is this guy doing being picked in top 10 picks in the draft? So they, they corrected a mistake, but again, um, they, they, in his uh, one year that he probably puts at the top of his resume list, they got out nine and oh, kind of like the Eagles being 10 and one. And guess what? Their season fell apart. We didn't need to go back down that road again here in Philadelphia. So I like the more hiring uh, pretty darn uh, high, on my level of uh, possible moves that they're going to make. And yeah, guess what, Howie? Now the attention turns to you, which, oh, by the way, it should be anyway, because you know that Howie Roseman's going to have his fingerprints all over these other coaching hirings as well. He was a Fangio guy. He's now cast himself as a Kellen Moore guy. Kellen Moore is going to have a hand in like Vic Fangio in filling out the rest of the coaching staff. Um couple of names that have been thrown out so far, uh, John, just want to get your take on them. Uh, Jeff Kurd's going to join us coming up in uh, about five or six minutes. The linebacker coach position, and I feel bad for Elliot, comes in one year, kind of like uh, the two coordinators was told, you're going to grow on the job real fast, otherwise it's going to be a short-term <laughs> lease here, yeah. and doesn't look like it's going to go uh, work out. Uh, two pretty big names, guys who were coordinators um, in the league last year who may be uh, interested in coming to Philadelphia and be a positional coach. My guess would be both would be linebacker because that's what they were previously before becoming DCs. Mike Caldwell, Joe Barry. Caldwell last year in Tampa, Barry last year in Green Bay. Both were uh, replaced this offseason. If they're not going to get a DC job, they want to be coaching somewhere. And coaching under Fangio here in Philly's defense might not be a bad spot. Um, you like either of those two guys? If the Eagles could land them for their staff, probably. The yeah, I mean position. that that's the one thing about Big uh, Fangio. He'll he'll have some cachet to get some big time coaches. So they should be uh, much better coached on the defensive side of the ball. And as you mentioned. Um, not only Joe Barry, but uh, uh, Mike Caldwell, uh, former defensive coordinators in this league. And a lot of it, 
stems to are they going to get coordinator jobs uh, specifically um if they can obviously they're not going to come here but if they can't yeah i mean Vic's the kind of guy that with the cachet to draw those people uh, onto his staff and they all have such tremendous respect for him so that's one of the big positives of, of Vic Fangio uh, Ronaldo Hill, a lot of people have speculated as the secondary coach. And by the way, I think he would have liked to have Sean Desai as a secondary coach, but that's not tenable here. Um, and he's a former coordinator, uh, I believe, with the Chargers. So, um, yeah, he's that kind of guy who um, he can bring in some some big-time talent on the, on the coaching side, as they would say. Um, so I think things are going to work out pretty well, no matter what, when it comes to assistance, especially this year, because the Eagles really did a poor job, nothing against, and, and DJ Elliott, you bring up, I mean, he spent his entire year and his entire career in college. He was at Temple. It was almost like that. Oh, we can't get anybody. Let's call DJ. It'll go from South uh, North broad to South broad. And he had a tough job. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he had to get Zach Cunningham up to speed when he came in in August and Miles Jack and then Shaq Leonard late in the season. So I don't know if anybody could have done that job, but um, whomever comes in is probably going to be an upgrade. You know, we'll see how DK McDonald, because DK is more of a Nick Sirianni guy. So I don't know how things are going to work out for him, you know. They have the slot uh, 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 coach, which would seem like a unique thing to do, but the slot was a disaster for the Eagles the entire season. Um, injury Injuries are a big part of that. Um, yeah, I, I think the staff is going to be bet, much better equipped, uh, and, and Vic's going to be a big part of that, as I said, because of his reputation. And then offensively, you know, I think the – the top job is going to be quarterback coach and you got to believe it's going to be Doug Nussmeyer because he was with Kellen Moore in Dallas and he was with him and with the chargers and Harbaugh doesn't want him back. So um, I got to believe he's going to be the quarterback coach and that's, that's going to be the most important day to day role because you got to get Jalen hurts back on, on the right track. So it, it should be a better staff on, on paper. And oh, by the way, if you need any more proof as to how uh, neutered the head coach has become when it comes to his coaching staff, it's still Nick Sirianni. He's still the head coach, so it's his coaching staff. But we know the dynamics of how it works and how it plays itself out. How, uh, on a scale of zero to ten, zero being what the hell are we talking about here? Ten being oh my god, this guy's got a chance to be coach of the year someday in the NFL. Where would you put Nick Sirianni's evaluation of Alex Tanny when he talked to you guys? About well, the, well, the, Alex, I, I wrote, I, yeah, man, Alex Tanny, there's so much of this. This is what I don't like about the Eagles organization. So I'm going to get Eagles fans upset. They talk these guys up and they talk about them like they're future stars. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're dummies. I mean, come on. What are you, what are you trying to say? Alex is another guy getting scapegoated. Yep. Nick Sirianni couldn't talk, uh, uh, give as many praises as humanly possible when it came to Alex Tanny. Uh, and I still think, yes, I still think he's an ascending coach in this league. Um, if you think about where he comes from, 
you think about Kellen Moore. You said he's right off the field. Yeah, that's same what thing. That's what Nick Sirianni said about Alex Tanny back at the, I think it was the combine last year. He's like, he's got that gravitas because he played the game. The players know him. The players understand he's he he can relate to the modern generation because he's part of it. <clears throat> yeah. I he's getting scapegoated and and nobody cares, but uh and that's part of it. That's part of this industry, unfortunately. Um, but I don't think overnight he turned into a dummy. Um, and that's that's how they portray <laughs> these things, which I think is and bless you. But Thank I you. think this is uh something I don't like about this organization because they have done it pretty consistently when things have gone bad. Um, and and Alex is another one in that category. And that's why I lean on you, our, our streamers lean on you, because you relay the things that are said, some on the record, some off the record at Eagle Camps and the like. And I just remember you're coming in on Birds 365 and saying, man, Sirianni likes Alex Tanny. They had to elevate Brian Johnson from quarterback position. I needed a new quarterback coach. They got a good one. And Alex, if Sirianni is right about this guy, he's going to step right in, work wonders with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and nine months later, he's out the door because there were just massive changes. And when you're just a positional coach, these things are going to happen. You can be really good at your job, but if they change someone above you and they like someone better for your job, guess what? You're happening you're, to Nick Sirianni with Andy Reid. Uh, exactly. You know, um, and Andy, you know, said wonderful things about Nick, but he already had a guy. So, I mean, and he had to go off to the Chargers uh, from the Chiefs. So it's kind of how it works when you're on the lower rungs. And Alex was on, you know, he came right off the field with the Giants, was a quality control coach. Then he was assistant quarterbacks coach. Then he was quarterbacks coach. You know, if things, I, and I wrote about this, if things went out, like went the way the Eagles would have expected, Brian Johnson would be a head coach and Alex Tanny would be the offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. That's what Nick wanted. Nick wanted to create this ecosystem where the next guy was on his staff ready to go, and he took immense pride in that. That's another reason why I'm concerned how this all works out, because I, I guarantee he's not happy with it. All right. Jeff Coe's going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes, but I want to give credit to the uh, people, the 400 and change that have already streamed in today, and those who take advantage of uh, putting their thoughts on our, our stream, typing in their thoughts. John, I've not seen one yet today say this, and I feared we were going to get it because I get it on my phone lines on WIP. Why are they hiring Kellen Moore? He's going to come in here and do a good job and only move on to be a head coach anyway. So what's the other option? Hire a mid guy so he sticks around for three years? Yeah. Hire well, somebody who stinks that I can tell fire you after one year? Oh, we can't hire this guy because he's going to be too good and we're just going to lose him. That's the biggest defeatist attitude on the face of the earth. Thank you, streamers, to uh, the Virgin. Well, I, I can tell you. Nobody put that up there yet. I, I can tell you because I get this a lot, a lot. And this is from a lot of the people that say that. And as I said, there has there's not an offensive coordinator in place in this league uh, before 2022. So it's part of it in the modern game. But and, and he will get a head coaching job if the Eagles are successful. And, and as you said, but they, this is what they say, not what I say. This is what they say, Jeff, uh, Jody. And Jeff Kerr, we got to get the break, I know. Um, 
That's why the head coach has to call plays. That's why the head coach has to call plays. And that's why I brought up Detroit because people are saying that Detroit, well, you got to keep Ben Johnson. You got to keep Ben Johnson at all costs. That's why the head coach has to call plays. Uh, it's so short-sighted, I, but uh, I digress. Yeah, idiotic as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the, the defeat is that we can't hire him because he's going to be too good. That that just speaks and then to when the head stupidity coach, and then when, Yeah, and then when the head coach makes game management mistakes and is calling the players like Kyle Shanahan, occasionally he gets bogged down. Kyle's great, but he gets bogged down with some game management stuff at times. People lose their minds. I, I, it's, it's whatever. It's Ridiculous. Whatever. And oh, by the way, Ben Johnson, who I still believe is going to be the commander's next head coach. I think he's going to get that gig. Um, the head coach made the call to go for it on fourth down twice in the second half. But Ben, the genius Johnson, couldn't come up with a play that was good enough to convert. Well, Josh Reynolds should catch the stinking football. I think people forget the first one. First one was the second one was a bad throw. If uh, the second one, they got caught. Second one, they got caught by Steve Wilkes. They were expected man. They got zoned. They got caught. It happens. Uh, the first one, it, I talked about, we got to get to Jeff. We'll talk about it. But uh, uh, let's get the break and get to Jeff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's part of it. If an offensive coordinator does well, yeah, you move on to the next. The one. the OC can save the coach from a bad decision every once in a while. Wasn't the case yesterday in Detroit. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We got Jeff Kerr, who was live in Baltimore yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's another rub salt in the wounds one. Oh, it's so hard to get back to the Super Bowl. The Eagles are going to be up against it this year. Trying to, it's just so difficult to go two years in a row. Or you can go to four out of five like the Kansas City Chiefs do. Somehow they're able to overcome that, but it was too large a task for the Eagles to be able to do this year. Eh, wrong. Uh, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, joins us next on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mag and Mac here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald. Joined by Jeff Carr, our buddy, Mr. Monday Morning here on Birds 365. And, uh, Jeff, we definitely want to talk about the Ravens and the Chiefs. Know you're in Baltimore during the game. But first things first, Eagles announced Saturday night, or at least the information was reported. They haven't officially announced it yet, that Kellen Moore is going to be their next offensive coordinator. Knew it was coming after they fired their previous D.C. and O.C. Your thoughts on Moore as the next offensive coordinator in town. Is his new fresh ideas going to be able to mesh with what Nick Sirianni wants to retain from the Eagles offense the last three years? Well, I like to hire a lot more than I like the Vic Fangio hire. Um, I'll just say that. I I think it is what this team needs. Uh, Talking to a couple Chargers players, they all had a ton of respect for Kellen Moore. Uh, They, you know, if I was reading between the lines, I think they were sad to see him go, but that's what happens when you have a new head coach and, I think if the Chargers are healthy, the Kellen Moore hire is much more beloved in Philadelphia. Or maybe Kellen Moore has a job um, in uh, Los Angeles than coming over to Philly. But the Eagles do have a pretty good history of hiring Chargers offensive coordinators. So it could work out really well. Yeah, that's true. Frank Reich, uh, uh, Shane Steichen, Chargers. Nick Sirianni worked with the Chargers. So they've gotten some luck with the Chargers. Um, why no big? Why no big, Jeff? Why don't you like the big Fangio hire? If you're gonna run the scheme, it's better to have him than anybody else. And that's what that's the only reason why I like it. So I I don't like how five days ago, six days ago, this is a team that they want to completely abandon it. Then all of a sudden you get the guy and you're like, okay, let's I don't know if they did. That's yeah, yeah. Who 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 in power said that? I think I said it, but I have no power. Right. Some people assumed it. I don't remember hearing Jeff Laurie or Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman say Yeah, John McCall. But I but I don't have any power. Let me repeat in power. Uh none of the three big certainly have none of that, by the way. uh, you and I both. Uh, all three of us together. Um, none of those guys came out and said, yes, and we're going to be looking to play a different style of defense going forward. They never said that. They never said that, but why would they admit it? So, but if you look at the guys they were looking at, talking well, they to admit them. they admitted that they're going with new, fresh ideas on offense. Sirianni sat up there and admitted, that's that's yeah, what the my offense is, is out of here. No, nobody said anything about 
drastically changing the type of defense they're going to play. You know what? I, I didn't care about anything they said in that press conference on Wednesday because I thought that was one of the worst press conferences I've ever seen. Ah, it was a disaster, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I was just – I tried not to shake my head at what they were saying. It, uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. Jeffrey Lurie should have been up there. Jeffrey Lurie was the one who made this decision. He's not up there. So you got two guys up there who who – have to explain somebody else's decision. Um, so it came off so disjointed. So I agree with you there. Uh, but defensively, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm very above board. I don't like this scheme. I think too many people play this scheme. I think the league has caught up. But Vic has shown uh, the ability to adjust and, and evolve his thought process over the years. He didn't start 30 years ago running this scheme. Um so there is that positive. And, and Jody and I were talking, he's going to be able to bring in some big-time assistant coaches, whether it's uh, Barry, whether it's Mike Caldwell, uh, Ronaldo Hill, people like that, uh, who are former coordinators in this league. They should be better um, at the positional coach level uh, just because of the reputation of Big Fangio. So at the bare minimum, I think that's a positive. I don't think you're going to get guys complaining about the communication issues in the secondary <clears throat> under Vic Fangio. That's true as well. That's true as well. Here's, um, here's an interesting question for both you guys. And I know we're going way down the line all the way to the draft and free agency and the like. We're probably jumping a couple of steps, but that's what we do. Vic Fangio's defense is reliant upon really good safety play. That's, that's kind of a key to the whole Fangio thing disguising safeties need to be flexible you want to keep them looking like they're too high and then bring them into the play just so the ball's being snapped the eagles last couple of years haven't been as dedicated to getting top flight safeties you think fangio's got the juice to walk into howie roseman's office and say you got to get me two star safeties you want this defense to work you hired me i need two star safeties <clears throat> a blankenship be a nice third guy but you need to get me two star safeties Will Howie take well to that if that's Fangio's uh, desire? I think he has to, uh, right? If this is why you're bringing Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio in, you got to get the pieces in place, and especially on defense. That defense needs to be revamped. So if Vic Fangio says he wants the moon and the stars, you get him the moon and the stars. So I, I agree. I, I think safety are going to be a priority for them. I actually think linebackers are going to be a priority for them because Vic Fangio does seem to value linebackers a lot more than – Eagles front office does. And again, this this is all dependent on the Kobe Dean too, which the Eagles went out of their way to mention the Kobe Dean on Wednesday. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think anybody was going to ask us uh, uh, the Kobe Dean question there, John. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It was a long time. 30, I, I give the Eagles credit. At least they gave us 30-plus minutes. That's, That's the one positive. Yeah. Um, all right, you were in Baltimore. So ha explain to me. Travis Kelsey had an historic game. I mean, I, I think they just targeted him again. He caught the pass. He broke Jerry Rice's records. He was phenomenal. From basically the first, what was it, the first third down on, he was phenomenal. Um, and yet, I think the best player on the field was Kyle Hamilton. We're talking about safeties. Now, Jody and I often disagree. One guy we agreed on was Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton we yes, both can, can take that check. How is that possible? He was unbelievable, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, uh, he was he was in position to basically knock down the the pass Travis Kelsey caught. 
yeah. touchdown. E- even on the touchdown, which is the first touchdown. That's perfect coverage. Yeah, that's where cover, it, yeah. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame tight end, perfect throw, perfect coverage. That's just high level football. Um, but boy, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson, but boy, another one. Playoffs come. I don't know what you want to call it, but he did not perform. So I got a chance to talk to Steve Spagnuolo after the game in the locker room, and I said, hey, um, you, know, you guys know he was 5 for 13, and you guys blitzed five or more, and he kind of did that spag smile and said, yeah, that was kind of the plan. He admitted it was the plan, but it wasn't the plan. That, and I got to Mike Dana, and yeah, yeah, that was the plan. It was, let's try to get him uncomfortable and see if he beats us. And he did beat them on the Zay Flowers touchdown when they blitzed, but – that definitely was, okay, we're, we're going to send five, we're going to send six, we're going to take our chances, and whatever happens, happens. And they threw the kitchen sink at him. And that The, the one play where he threw in the triple coverage. Look, the Zay, Flowers, the Zay Flowers play, uh, what, what can you do? That's a great play. The inches. I mean, he's inches a, a, away the, from going. The, into John Harbaugh said it best, too. There's nothing Zay did wrong. He said, we when we dive into the end zone, we dive with two hands. He dove with two hands. Yeah. So, right. What Zay did point. wrong was just a minute earlier where he made the big yeah, catch the, the, and the, stood over the receiver yeah. and tossed the football at him and cost him 15 yards. Steve that was said, a bigger mistake than the fumble. Steve yeah. admitted after the game, too, he didn't even know, like, he did that. Like, because he was on the ground, and they got penalties. Yeah. So what did, what mean, did he get a penalty for? Yeah. <laughs> it was an obvious penalty, and it was a stupid penalty on Ray, on Flowers. He, he played that like the rookie that he was. But here's my question about uh, Lamar, and I know what his playoff record is, and it's not good enough, and he's going to have to deal with that, and he's going to take the slings and arrow for for it. But he got beat by Pat Mahomes. Who beats Pat Mahomes? Joe Burrow. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's, it. That's it. Josh Allen, is he a, a veteran choker and should be run out of the Lamar Jackson, run him out of the league? Uh, all right, you can't get past Patrick Mahomes. Nobody does. Burrow beat him once. Okay, we'll see what Burrow does again next year. How's Burrow played in the playoffs this year? Oh, he didn't make the playoffs this year. Patrick Mahomes is going to his fourth Super Bowl. Well, in five years. come on. He got hurt. I mean, you know, he would have been in the playoffs, but he got hurt. Maybe, maybe not. seems to beat the Reed-Mahomes combination. Uh, it's, I mean, Paz is as even keel as even keel can be, by the way. You know, he's in. He's in the locker room yesterday, just talking to his guys. Like, he's checking his cell phone. And, like, he's so approachable. Like, you just go up to him and say, hey, man, good game. Or, you know, you, know, you ask him a question, he'll answer it. It's, he definitely has the, the Boy, life. Boy, I don't know what that's program. like. With yeah, no one, does, no one knows. It. By the way, John. Maybe, maybe that's you, Kansas City. Maybe that's the difference. By, by the way, John, yesterday, um, a couple of us got a warning during the game for talking. Oh, ever get that? Chad Steele? Um, no, uh, I'm a professional though, Chad. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is after the when Kelsey caught the touchdown to say, again, this press box is really loud, and there's so many people in there. Everybody's going, ooh and ah, ooh and ah, and like me and a couple of two of the Baltimore writers were breaking down the play, and I had another guy with CBS with me. Around five o'clock, I get an email, hey. Someone's complaining they can't do their job because you guys are talking. And, and, really? And, and, and you know what I said? This is what I said back. My dad's famous words. If 
you can't put up, then I won't shut up. So pretty Ooh, much who was kept, it? Kept getting uh, booted out of the uh, press box. <laughs> I, I, saw they had, I saw they had crab cakes. So you know it was a big game. Oh, uh, it was. And, and they the were biggest, they were phenomenal, by the way. Biggest game in MT uh in what is it? MT Bank, Bank Stadium. MT Bank Stadium. Um yeah, they just came up small. And it's not just Lamar. I mean, that offense as a whole, uh, Todd Munkin's gotten a lot of credit um, this year. Boy, if this were Philadelphia, he, he didn't run the ball at all. Six um, carries by running backs. Six. Yeah. You have Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, uh, Dallas Cook didn't play. Um, it was, and Lamar, after the game, was basically saying, look, what we're trying to win. We're not going to apologize for trying to win. And I said, yeah, but you guys pressed. You were dead. You were only out 10. You could have still ran the ball. Yeah. Strange. Uh, but you know, big stage, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it got to him a little bit. You would think coming from Georgia, you, you're used to big stages, but uh, certainly a lot of things you can second guess, but look, I mean, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what are we, six consecutive championship games? What are we at? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, six, six straight, four Super Bowls in five years. Four Super Bowls in five years. Oh, and by the way, both their conference championship game losses, they, those teams needed overtime to beat them. And, and we are in the, in the midst, we're going to get two weeks of, of just constant paralysis by overanalysis, talking about this upcoming game. I'll say right off the bat, San Francisco's got a better roster, but I don't know how you go against Kansas City. I I don't know how you go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Same thing I said last year with the Eagles. The Eagles have a better roster from top to bottom, but they have the better coach and the better quarterback, and that that carries a lot of weight. Um, and, and there's no fear in those guys. Like uh, Isaiah Pacheco said yesterday, we just don't believe we're going to lose. And, you know, it's – Trent McDuffie told me just on one-on-one yesterday when they lost the Raiders on December 25th, I brought it up and he goes, yeah, I, I love how everybody counted us out after that. You know, like, like we're the stinking chiefs and that's just what they carry. They're, they're the stinking chiefs. It's and they awesome. get incrementally better through the year at post Tyreek Hill, uh, because they haven't been as explosive. And, and this year at times they were struggling uh, offensively for the first time. And all of a sudden, uh, Baldez Scantling's making big plays at the end of games. He's dropping passes against the Eagles. I saw, you know, nobody drops more passes than that Watson kid. He's catching passes. He caught a big ball. Rasheed Rice has all of a sudden turned into a, a playmaker. And he gets these teams incrementally better as the season goes on. And then you wake up there in the Super Bowl again and you go, oof. They look pretty good. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah, pretty but amazing. Specific, uh, uh, specifically yesterday, as great as Mahomes is, and yeah, he's the only guy who's in the conversation with Brady uh, out of any of the quarterbacks in the league who someday may even get into the conversation of being the GOAT. And Andy Reid is phenomenal. They won that game because of defense yesterday. Eh. Patrick Mahomes put up 17 yeah. points. He, he scored three points from early second quarter on, and they won the game. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. That's the defense. This is one of the stories I wrote about. Patrick Mahomes did not make the mistake yesterday that the Ravens made. The Chiefs did not make those mistakes. Three turnovers. Who got the turnovers? The Chiefs' defense. Well, Lamar fumbled. 
Lamar got blindsided by a defensive end that he never yeah, saw. Yeah, that was a great, uh, that a was great, a great strip. Uh, yeah, that was a great strip sack by, uh, he got hurt too um, and had to lead the yeah, game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Um Yeah. Um, no, the defense has been, this is the first time you could say arguably the defense is better than the offense in the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas Correct. City. Um that said, though, I think you can good offensive teams can score against uh, good defensive teams in the modern NFL. I always believe that. I believe back in the day, good defense would beat good offense. Today, I think the opposite. They're facing a good offense. That's in the because Super of the rules. Can I just get this in? I meant this. It is because of the rules. Yes. Right. Of course. And oh my God, did I see an example of it yesterday? I need both of you guys' takes on this. Um, second half, 49ers rallying. McCaffrey, who did next to nothing in the first half, rips off a couple of big plays in the second half. They had one play, and they had a great low-angle camera. He catches the ball uh, in the flat. He's, he's, he's lined up wide, and Purdy makes a nice lead pass to him as he's turning up field. And as a DB uh, who's got a one-on-one shot to make a tackle, hold it to about a four-yard game. McCaffrey gets his hand in underneath his chin, over his face there yeah. and well, pushing his face to, yeah. like parallel to the ground. He that was uh, CJ. The face. That was CJ. Yeah, that was CJ, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah. And there is no hands to the face call no. in the NFL. Everybody, any defensive player, God forbid you ever touch a player around the helmet and the flag is coming. Even offensive linemen, a defensive lineman coming at you, you get up underneath this shit. Here comes the flag. But guys with the ball in their hands are allowed to do anything yeah. they want. He well, almost you can't... took BJ's head off. No flag whatsoever. You talk about rules be- uh, benefiting the offensive side of the ball. How can they even have that in place? You it, can't, it, you can't it, get it. You can't get an illegal answer to face in the NFL if you have a ball. You can, but you got to grab and twist. You got to grab it and you got to twist it, and you really got to be over the top. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And CJ's got the, oh. the, 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 the plexiglass on his face, so you can't grab and twist. So all you can do is smack him up underneath the chin, and that's exactly what McCaffrey yes. did. I mean, the advantages are 95% offense, and that's one of the reasons why I say, you know, good offense beats good defense in this league now. It used to be the opposite. So as good as Kansas City getting back to the original point, as good as the defense has been, if the 49ers show up with their A game offensively, they're going to score some points. I mean, I, there's, there's no doubt about it. I think it's funny you brought that up, Jody, because I've talked to a couple of defensive players this year about the whole changing the touchback where you pull the ball out of the end zone and the offense gets the ball back. And Why is that a conversation? Why is you that? You know why? Because people don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, yeah. What do you mean? I don't understand why so many are so upset. If you at that fumble role. the football, you should be punished for it. Bottom line, you should be punished for it. If you want to extend that football past that plane and you don't have control of it and it goes out of the end zone, you lose the ball. Bottom line. Oh, you're talking touchback off a fumble. I thought you meant yeah. touchback off a kick. I, I don't. No, that's no, no, one. No. That's one where I got to be honest, and I don't know where either. I I know where you are, Jeff. I don't know where you are, Jody. But I hear a lot of people complain about it, and that's one I don't even get. Like, what? I, I don't even know why that's a controversy. The people I, who complain about it are the people who like to complain about everything, no matter what it is. The tush push, the illegal hands to the face, 
whatever, uh, the, the, the coaching hiring cycle, any, anything they can get their hands on they want to talk about. You know what I think it should be? Because um, I do think it's a bit harsh. The defense is rewarded, and they didn't recover the football. Not only are they re- rewarded, they're rewarded all the way out to the 20-yard line, which just seems unfair to me. Here would be the compromise position, I would say. The offense keeps the ball since the defense didn't recover it, but they got to move it back out to the 20. Because if you're fumbling it at the one or the two and it's going through the back of the end zone, you should pay a price for it. I'd let the offense retain. Uh, Loss of down doesn't restart the clock. Uh, There's no change of possession. So wherever you are, second down, third down, or whatever, uh, the, the markers stay the same but the ball gets spotted at the 20 yard line. Well, I, I, the, the, the people that advocate for this, what do they want to give the ball back to the offense? I yeah. Mean, what, they, what they, want, they want more points. Just like how people love in the NBA right now, everybody's scoring six. Yeah. Points. I would, I would give it back to the offense, but they have to pay a price. They got to move the ball all, all the way back out to the 20. And if it's uh, third and goal from the 20, so be it. But the defense and sometimes they don't even make a play. It's just sloppiness by the offense. Well, uh, they're rewarded with the ball at the 20. My, my, well, my because offensive coaches know the rule. They teach the players, like Zay Flowers, that's a difficult play, and he didn't do anything wrong. But they teach the players, don't, especially don't reach for the pylon if you're, you, you know, take the ball at the half yard line. To me, it's a, an egregious mistake from an offensive player if he's fumbling uh, the football out of the end zone. So I've never had a problem with it. That's one of those where I go, huh, I, I don't even know why there's a controversy. It's been that way for ever. It's not like they changed the rule. Um, yeah, I, that's one I don't even get. I'm, I'm like, I'm with you, Jeff. I'm like, you know, what are, what are we talking about here? Why? There are so many other things that are legitimately questionable when it comes to officiating, that's wow. been that way forever. I, I don't like how at the end of last night's game, the Detroit Lions, they had to kick an onside kick and the NFL. Well, yeah, made, I hate that. It. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah, but it's been that way forever. So why? No, 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 it hasn't. No, it hasn't. They changed the rules drastically for safety. Oh, about, about lining guys yeah. up. Yeah, uh, yeah, guys yeah. On one yeah. Side. Right. Yeah, yeah, I hated that. Like, I think that's why the fourth and fifteen thing is coming to play now because yeah. the onside kick is useless. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they should. I don't like it. To me, it seems gimmicky. Like fourth and fifteen, you get one shot or whatever. But they need to do something because they they have they have taken the onside kick out of the game completely, almost. And and yeah, I'm I'm with you. But that's been a recent change, Jody. The touchback rule has been in effect literally. I I can't even tell you. I mean, I don't I don't think there was ever a time when it was not in effect. Um, it's always been that way. So um, that's one I I don't understand. Dan Campbell, we got to talk about. Where are you guys on Dan Campbell? I have well, no problems. I talk about this all the time. I that that outcomes are not the same as decisions. Um, we judge play results, not play calls. Josh Reynolds catch the damn football. The only reason the Detroit Lions are in this game is because of the way they play. And they put so much pressure on the opposing by using all four downs. 
the perfect example of this is the first fourth down miss that everybody has and, a and, problem and, with. And third down, they were up 24 to 10, right? And third, third well, yeah. But it was third and four. And they ran the football. They put Amon St. Brown in the backfield, ran the football like he's a running back, and they get two yards. And people, what are you doing with Amon St. Well, they know they're going for it on fourth down. That's how they play. And that's you know, the reason they're doing it. And you know what? That Amon Ross St. Brown play works more often than it doesn't. They probably they normally get the first down on a play like that. Well, even so, I mean they're playing because they they're they're calling that play. Ben Johnson's calling that play because he knows in the back of his mind we're going for it on fourth down. Unless they lose like two yards, unless there's a negative play, a fumble. You get the point. If they're anywhere near it, fourth and two or less, minus 40, basically through the rest of the field. They're going for it. That's the reason they're here. They won so, four football games this year going for it on fourth down like five or more times. And I think a lot of people hate the term, and I hate the term analytics. Dan Campbell's talked about this. He doesn't go for it because analytics tell him to go for it, which I also think is funny. Like analytics is in the corner office. I make that joke. I got a quote from analytics. They say, you know, the numbers say, yes, go for it in that type of situation. But he doesn't do that. He does that because he saw, and he said this, he saw Sean Payton, who was one of the more aggressive coaches at the time in, in New Orleans. He kicked an onside kick in the start of half of a Super Bowl. Yeah. He saw how much pressure that would put on the opposition, and he liked it. And he, he said, I want to coach that way. And he's taken it, obviously, to a step further. But that first one is so indicative. Not only that's what they always do, it should have been successful and the player didn't catch the football. Which they won't mention, but they'll mention the decision Dan Gamble made. Yes. All right. Here's here's my take. Um, and I'm going to use a comma in the middle of the sentence, not a period, because you're right, John. I don't believe Dan Campbell does anything because analytics. He's old school, tough guy. He makes his aggressive decisions by his gut, not by analytics. But here's my problem with both analytics and Dan Campbell come in the middle of the sentence. It's not an absolute. It doesn't have to be 98% of the time. You have to, <laughs> hello, Philadelphia Eagles and we'll defer. You have to be able to judge in the situation, in the circumstances of each individual game. There are times where you are better served not doing what you always do. Always is a problem with me. Always should never be used in describing anything in football because the game changes, the position changes, the down changes. That's my only problem here. Not the fact that Dan Campbell is aggressive and Dan Campbell wants to stay aggressive. And that's what made the Detroit Lions what they were that year. Yeah. But every once in a while, discretion is the better part of valor. And last night with the field goal, tied the game. I'm sorry, you got to take the points. You can't. You can't run the risk. And yes, I'm judging the results thereafter. But that's what we do. Guess what? The result is San Francisco. Well, they lost the, the game. So I get it. Um, right. Uh, that's my only problem is you can't give me the, this is the way we've done it all year. So well, we must do it well, this first way of all, again. I well, said I, that. I got, I got yeah, to go here. There's one guy. Everybody says Dan Campbell trusts his guys. Very true. But there's one guy he doesn't trust and that's his backup kicker. Well, yeah. Michael, Michael I, 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 the by the way, I, I, I was going to bring up the kicker as well. They don't, they don't have Justin Tucker. They don't have Jake Elliott. Number one. 
Uh, we already saw a mediocre kicker in San Francisco missed a kick uh, for right, the second Jan consecutive week. put it back week. out there again, didn't he? For the second consecutive week. No, I'm just saying the assumption that they're going to make these field goals, nobody brings that up, the assumption that they're going to make these field goals. They also don't bring up that Josh dropped the football. But, but at the end of the half, Dan kicked the field goal. It's not an absolute. I said that's how they play. If you want to argue on the second fourth down, which was fourth and three, and they were down three, I believe. Yeah. That, yeah I have no argument. You can yeah. you can make that argument. I've no you can make that argument. Maybe he should have tried the kick. But again, he doesn't have a lot of trust in his kicker. He's got more trust in his offense. So that's part of it. He also knows his defense isn't ready yet. And he also knows, guess what? If I tie this game, San Francisco is probably going to get the ball and score. And they got the ball and scored anyway. So he's trying to. You know, you know what I don't like, John? The whole, well, if he kicks yeah, it here. Hold on, hold on. And, and, and if, if he they're going to get the here. ball and score. Well, if you kick the field goal, well, a field goal beat you. But the field goal kicker is a rookie on San Francisco. No, so I'm saying you can anyway. make. A, I have no problem with people making the argument on the second one. The but second I will one say what, that's the whole argument. No, a lot of people were points. bringing up the first one. Greg Olson said throughout the game. Greg's great, by the way. I don't get to watch a lot of football. Greg Olson's great. He said multiple times through the game, and is the luxury of the the announcers. They get these pregame sort of availabilities with the coaches. And and Dan Campbell told him multiple times, we're not going to win this game with threes against San Francisco. He knew San Francisco was going to score some points. We got to score touchdowns. It worked early. It didn't work late. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with this decision-making. It, it sucks. The results, I get it. Detroit, Detroit hasn't been there in forever. They had the big lead. They blew it. I get it. That's what it's about at the end of the day. But I do think, again, as you step back and you look at it and say, hey, this is not, this is rare. This is rare for the Detroit Lions. They're not usually in this position. They're not even in this position to crap the bed if Dan Campbell didn't coach that team the way he coached that team, is kind of my point. My thing is when they, Say, well, Dan Campbell gave up six points and the whole by the way, nobody talks about the Gibbs fumble or yeah. or the Kendall Ballore uh intercept the damn football, former Eagle great Kendall Ballore. I mean, intercept the football. It goes off his space, and Ayuk makes a great play. Even if you tell me, even if you had a crystal ball, guys, and told me these fourth downs aren't gonna work. And I could have kicked the field goals. Maybe makes one, maybe misses one, maybe makes both. Those two plays had more impact on the outcome of the game. Gibbs fumbling the football. He's a great player, by the way. What are you going to do? Uh, he's had a great year. Great. Oh, by the season. by the way, the Lions were right to trade DeAndre Swift. Yes, they were. Um, and 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 build. I mean, at the bare minimum, you got to drop the interception. You can't let it go off your face mask. And and IU took advantage and made a great play. But those two plays were what lost Detroit that game, in my estimation. Yeah. So early on, guys, who do we think is going to win the Super Bowl? I know I, I kind of know where you're leaning toward, John. Don't bet against my own to read. I was that was my take uh, going into the game yesterday. Why I picked the Chiefs to win the game. I, I'm not ready to commit yet, but. 
there's a good chance that's where I'm going to land again. Uh, huh? did you, did I, you, how do you, how do you pick against Patrick Mahomes? I think the 49ers are, are special and um, wouldn't be surprised. I've seen some uh, already second guessing of uh, Purdy because, Oh, they've fallen behind two weeks in a row and had to rally. What's more impressive. Like what Mahomes did yesterday, got the lead, kept them at bay, Baltimore had the ball back, could have tied it up within seven or rallying from behind. I don't know about you, but I would say more impressive is rallying from behind. Your defense gets chewed up in the first half. Detroit's running through you like a hot knife through butter. And then Purdy rallies them. All right. Granted, one very lucky play off a player's face mask that John was just talking about. But that's part of it, right? Tom Brady's got that in in his career. Exactly. Making plays, rallying in a team two weeks in a row. I think what Purdy's done is pretty pretty damn impressive. Maybe it's just one of those years for San Francisco. That's probably what it's going to take to have to take the beat. I was most impressed with the Brock Purdy discussion. You have these two extremes. Oh, he stinks or he's great. And it's really in, you know, it's more in the middle. I was most top 10 quarterback and just called it that. Yeah. Top 10 quarter. I would say, you know, bottom of the top 10, but save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Top 10 quarterback. He's had a great season. I think he did a tremendous job running the football, which people don't realize. Uh, and he's really smart. Like he he understood, and that's rare for being such a young quarterback. He, he understood when Detroit was in man coverage and they were turning their backs and he just took it and he just took it. And that's smart. That is smart instead of just saying, the, uh, you know, and, and it was impressive. Uh, and I don't know why so many people, because I'm I'm one who didn't believe it. Jody knows that, but I give you the just, guy credit. You just pulled the bottom of the top ten, John. I could ask you, please give me the eight quarterbacks who are better than Brock Purdy. Well, I, I, I have having better seasons or better quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, yeah, Patrick I mean, Mahomes, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Keep going, Justin Herbert, Ellen Moore. Um, I, I, this is what I'm talking the, about. The, the extremes. The show, the show is going to get uh, off the rails here. How many playoff games is two or one? I, Why I, is that Tua's fault? Yeah, I, I again, it's not quarterback versus quarterback. Who's had who's these put games. up better numbers? Tua, what do you you want to argue results or you want to argue numbers? Purdy beats Purdy beats him in both. He 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 has the best. It's not his fault, but he has the best roster in football. I mean, that's part of it, Jody. You know I mean, what upsets me about all this Brock Purdy talk? We did not waste this energy. Extremes. 25 years that's ago. what I'm talking yeah. about. Extremes. Like it's yeah. either he's got to be the best. He's not the best, but he's not. He's very good. That's not an insult. I I say he's top five. You say he's top ten. There's a difference. And, and by the way, either way, that that that's top ten ain't an insult. No, it's not. <laughs> well, if, you're in, have a if, top if you believe someone's in the top five and you say they're the bottom of the top ten, yes, I would consider that an insult. And, well, it's not, but you can. Okay. I mean, I can't force you not to consider it an insult. But anytime I say. 
anybody is a top 10 quarterback, I'm not insulting them. It's not uh, a no, it's not a knock on Brock Purdy when you do mention, oh, if this guy is he's the only guy you mentioned this, by the way. If this guy's hurt, if this guy's hurt, if this guy's not on the field, his his rating is this and his yards per attempt is this. I mean, it's not his fault he has the best roster in football, but you take those guys away, he's just the guy. Right. But if you took Purdy away, what would happen to San Francisco? Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold, uh, really? Uh, well, I know what happens when you take Purdy away and you have San Francisco. They still go to the conference championship game because they've done that. Yeah, they have, they have, they have the best when, roster. When was that? What do you mean? Oh, three Jimmy times Garoppolo. in the last four years before yeah. this year. Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's one of the things I'm impressed because, Jody, you know I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo. You never heard me say Jimmy Garoppolo is a top 10 quarterback. And Brock Purdy's um, way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I agree. And w- one of the things uh, – uh, but they were a really good team, and they won a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo um, because they – they you know, John Lynch deserves a lot of credit. Kyle deserves a lot of credit. I, I say going into this game, they have a better roster than Kansas City. If I pick Kansas City in the end, and that's where I'm leaning, but we'll see. I got I got two weeks to talk myself out of it. Um, I've been saying for years San Francisco is the best team in football. Uh and 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 they have. They've done a tremendous job. If you just look at the number of good players, they got more than anybody else. This is the best pass rush the 49ers are gonna face all season in the Super Bowl. Of course, I said that last year and you know, the Chiefs shut the Eagles pass rush down. So, things crazier things oh, can wait, 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 wait. It was the field in Arizona that shut the Eagles pass rush down. Didn't you learn that lesson, Jeff Carr? Did you, yeah. Was... Yeah, but did you see the field in Vegas a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> I think I mean, they, the gonna, field will be okay. They 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 won't make the same mistakes they made in Arizona by no, taking the field well, out. You know, well, Eagles fans, too much the Eagles sun. aren't in it, so they don't have to screw the Eagles. I, you know what I don't like about Honestly, with the 49ers, I get tired of hearing, well, if Brock Purdy was healthy in the NFC Championship game, we would have blew out the Eagles. Well, he well, wasn't I don't, I, don't, I don't care about their fans, but I, I, I mean, they're really good. They're really good, and he's yeah, part of really it. Good and he deserves a lot of credit, and he made a lot of plays. But it's also fair to point out, you know, yeah, the ball's off the base mess. There were a couple bad decisions. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens all the time. Lamar Jackson's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He had a shitty game. Everybody's got shitty games. Everybody's got shitty plays. Um, he's not perfect, but he's I, I to me, top ten's not an insult. I, I saw a Cowboys fan say, why don't they use the same energy for Lamar as they do for Dak when it comes to playoff narrative? And they use like a playoff record. I said, well, I think they do. I said they do. I said, but the here's the big difference. Lamar's played in the conference championship game. Let me know what Dak gets there. Very true. And uh, Mr. Purdy has played in two consecutive championship games, which is pretty good when you've only been in the league two years. I I think he's the only quarterback to do that. I could be wrong. Well, Patrick, Patrick Uh, didn't get uh, Patrick didn't start his first first two seasons. Like yeah, yeah, Patrick said, Patrick six for six since he became the starter. That's pretty good. That's not bad either. There's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's that. That's one thing none of us will disagree about. There's number one, and then we can argue everybody else. Uh, By the way, Jody, I got. I got. By the way, he didn't have the best season, but he's still the best quarterback. Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I got to give you my uh, Taylor Swift story before I. Yes, please. I did not see her yesterday, but you didn't see her once. Were you on the wrong side of the stadium? So you couldn't see into the, the, the suite. 
No, I couldn't see her, but I, I got to see the other one. I got to see the other guy that they like to talk about a lot. Her, her boyfriend, uh, Travis. Yeah, he uh, was an okay. He had an okay game. Yeah, uh, by the way, not. he wouldn't speak to the media yesterday. He spoke to me, but he didn't speak to the media. Really? Uh, that's right. He spoke to you. He didn't speak to the media. Now that's an unfair shot, Jeff. Yeah. I well, I, I mean, that was it. Was more of a what's going on, Travis? You know. You know, congrats on going to the Super Bowl again. You know, it gives me the fist pump, calls me Jeffy, like you, you did couldn't, in the you, you couldn't get, you couldn't <laughs> By get the it. way, yeah, Jeff was on the New Heights pod because he took a picture of Jason Kelsey's over-populated uh, locker, I should say. To say, to say the least. That That's yeah. being kind. Yeah. So Jason gets all this free crap for his podcast. Um, by the way, why aren't we getting free crap? Uh uh, Jason's got a little bit more swag, but uh, anyone who wants to send Jody and I free crap, feel free. Oh, um, two-year-old Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Uh, so Jason has all the stuff in his locker. Jeff took a picture of it. They put it on uh, New Heights, and Jeff became a star. Uh, congratulations, yeah. Jeff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was laughing when I got the the text from the New Heights people. They're like, oh, by the way, you might want to turn on the 11-minute mark. I'm like, oh, God. Very nice. <laughs> uh, you got the 11-minute mark at least twice over with us yeah. today. All right. Jeff Curry, thank you, you very much. Appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Yep, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jeff Curry from CBSSports.com. Hey, Birds fans, here's your chance to save upwards of 40% on your car insurance right now from one of Jacob Sports' great partners. Here's what you do. Call managing partner Jim or Fran and tell them you're a friend of both Jacob Sports and... Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate Jeff Kerr jumping in with us here on Birds 365. Uh, you got Mac and Mac here, McMullen and McDonald. Rob Groats, our buddy, the Prince of Darkness, is going to join us coming up in uh, less than 10 minutes from now. Um, did want to ask you a couple of Johnson questions, John, before we punch Groats up. Number one. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Um, he's going to now immediately go into the mix for the two uh, jobs that are still open. I think there's a really good chance he's going to get the commander's job. They've done a couple of interviews, um, but I think they've been waiting all along to be able to hand the job to Ben Johnson. Just a guess on my part. Don't know if it will happen, but I, uh, for, I, I staunchly believe that. And Brian Johnson did get two interviews, or I think he had one. He's going to get another one for an offensive coordinator position. The Eagles for about 24, 48 hours cling to the belief that, ooh, he can get an offense coordinator job, and then we won't have to fire him, and then we'll get compensatory draft picks because he leaves our organization to become a head coach. Yeah, it wasn't happening. He wasn't getting a head coaching job. So now he's a fired OC. Well, so was Kellen Moore, and the Eagles immediately scooped him up to be their new OC. Think Brian Johnson's going to get either one of these two gigs? Um, I don't think he's the first choice but sometimes you don't get uh in in the end of getting a job that way um but i you know i don't think he's gonna have any problem getting a job he might have to take a step back go back to being a, a quarterback coach, coach or, or maybe you know one of those other titles that people are making up senior offensive analyst or assistant and they and they do it that way um so i'm not sure if he's going to get offensive coordinator title but uh, he'll land on his feet. He, you know, he's much more well-regarded around the league than in Philadelphia. Um, I don't think there's any doubt he'll have a pretty I, – I would think it would go that direction. If he doesn't get one of the OC jobs, it'll be like senior offensive assistant. It'd be in between sort of uh, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. Like, um, Marcus, like Marcus Brady was here. Um, 
last year, who's also right. getting a bunch of uh, OC interviews, by the way. Um, and uh, I don't know Marcus Brady all that well, and I don't even know exactly what his responsibilities were this year and what he did or didn't contribute. But um, if if they, he's at least getting interviews, that's a pretty good sign for Marcus Brady. Um, I, I I just I'd be surprised if Brian Johnson got one of the OC gigs left. The Eagles did not have a good offensive year. Expectation director, if you just look at the stats and where they fell and where they ranked, they're pretty good. You can't, oh, my God, they're tumble up. No, of course they weren't because they've got a whole bunch of talent. It's the same thing as judging Brock Purdy and saying, yeah, but look at all the talent he's got. I could do the exact thing, same thing with Brian Johnson. Look at all the talent he had in Philadelphia, and that's what they did offensively. I, I think you have to do that. And I think that plays against Brian Johnson. That's why I don't think he's going to get an offensive coordinator game. If he does, I'll give him props. I'll lead Crow and say, yeah, yeah, he is more highly thought of across the league than maybe I thought. But off this year, I'm not sure that he gets an offensive coordinator position. Well, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I think it's, you know, because, you know, anytime somebody gets fired and essentially – no matter what the Eagles want to frame it as, that's what happened. Um, it becomes difficult to sell it uh, in other cities. Um, there's that portion of it. Um, and you're right. Everything's about expectations. That's why Nick Sirianni lost power because Correct. he didn't reach the expectations of, of Jeffrey Lurie. Um, and we've talked about that for years. Uh, Jeff, when you don't meet expectations, people are going to pay. Uh and that's what happened in, in in Philadelphia. On the other, you know, I mean, a better offense than the Chargers, and that's where we're going. So they had a pretty good quarterback. Now, um, they didn't have a very good running game this year. Um, you know, that certainly I'm sure it got skewed a little bit by the injury late when he wasn't playing Justin Herbert, I'm talking about. Um, but I mean, that's you, you put a fresh new coat of paint on these guys and all of a sudden people are excited about Kellen Moore who was piloting a worse offense last season than Brian Johnson. I mean, that's if you're talking about results, like we go both ways, you're saying, well, Brock Purdy's great. I say, well, look at look at the supporting cast. He's top ten. Maybe he's not top five. In the case of of, of, of Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson technically had a better offense than than Kellen Moore last season. Now you're right; he had better talent, but it's not like Kellen didn't have good talent. I would argue he had more talent at the quarterback position. People crap on me for that, but Justin Herbert's really good. Um, uh, you know, so let, let, let me ask you about that. As you will. Yeah, this is one that we're probably going to disagree on. I, I think Justin Herbert has been elevated a little too quickly. Um, the results, he, he, he puts up numbers, but they're kind of hollow numbers to me. And the age old argument of wins and how much you uh, put in that in the quarterback column and the like. Harbaugh are going to come in there and just make take Justin Herbert to another level because he's Harbaugh. Uh, I, I I don't know. I they, this game has moved quickly 
when when Jim was in the NFL before, he was a really good coach. Um, really good. A lot of people didn't like him, but uh, was a really really good coach. And the league has changed so drastically since he was here, and he's been in college. I I I don't know what we're going to see from Jim Harbaugh. Um, I, I really don't. So that's a wait and see sort of approach. Um, you know, and, and, and by the way, I think Kellen Moore's a good hiring. I just think it's interesting that, you know, again, the fresh coat of paint versus the guy who was here and the assumption, everything about Brian Johnson being bad has to do with the expectations, nothing more. Maybe he didn't live up to the expectations. He didn't certainly from Jeffrey Lurie's perspective. Um, but again, on paper, they had a better offense than the Chargers. And the Chargers, on paper, have a better quarterback, at least according to most people around the NFL. You know. Yeah, I'd call quarterback about a push. Jalen Hurts is compared to Justin Herbert. I, I'd put him on basically the same level um, of accomplishment that they've had in their career. Now, one was drafted in the first round, one was drafted in the second round. I try and move off that as soon as possible. I think too many people stay dug into where you were drafted and what your pre expectations are great. And everybody deals with expectations. You and I are talking about expectations. And that's why Brian Johnson's out of a job. The Eagles didn't make their expectations. But expectations years down the road from where you were drafted, that's just silliness as far as I'm concerned. But I do believe some national pundits cling to that. Well, your expectations were. After you played two years in the league, where you were drafted becomes irrelevant. Doesn't matter anymore. Well, I I don't think he's good because of I I don't think he's good because of I mean I always I think he's really good. It's got nothing to do with where he's drafted. I think he's really really good and really talented. Um, and you know if Jim Harbaugh is as good as he was in San Francisco, um. This is the best quarterback he's ever had, so he's going to do some special things uh, if he's the same guy from a coaching perspective. Um, so, you know, but I'm just putting it into the conversation with the Eagles' expectations now with Kellen Moore because guess what? He's coming into these expectations oh, now. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And he's supposed to be better. So right now – you know, whatever you want to look at the offense and where the Eagles were, top 10 offense. Um, I, I I forget where they finished. I'll have to look it up. <clears throat> Second on third down offense, maybe first on fourth down offense. These are pretty high bars, buddy. These sure. are pretty high bars to reach. But he's going to have a lot of talent, and he better reach them. And the other place that Kettle Moore interviewed was Cleveland. And, oh, by the way, there are expectations there. He had his choice of, do I want to work with Deshaun Watson or I want to work with Jalen Hurts? The expectations are uh, very big in both places, more so here in Philadelphia, at least on the offensive side, than it is in Cleveland. But um, he chose Well, but the other big difference, he's not calling plays in Cleveland. He's calling plays here. So it's a better spot for him from that perspective. And uh, if you believe Nick Sirianni that there's going to be this perfect mesh between his new ideas and the things that Sirianni wants to cling to on his offense. All right, uh, he's McMullen on McDonald, Mac and Mac Bird Street 65. 
We're on the mobile. Coming up next, we're back in the car of one Bob Groats from the Delco Tides. Mr. Groats joins us here on Birch 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Magum with you on Birds 365. We have the man, the myth, the legend, live from his car. Why every time Bob Groats joins us do I think of the cash cab? Either one of you guys watch that show? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Hey, do I have and... time to put do I have time to put some lipstick on? 
Lipstick. <laughs> no, the guy in the cash cab would never. He's a tough New Yorker. Isn't it he Ben Brown or something? Yeah. Ben, I, I love that show. I love So it. do I. Yeah. Uh, that's cab. a compliment I'm paying you, Bob yeah. Groats, that you remind me of the cash cab guy. Throw out the questions. I'm ready. Yeah, 500 <laughs> For $500, here is the next question. Uh, Kellen Moore will be a perfect fit with the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni in the new Eagle offense. Can't get this one wrong. It's an opinion question. Yay or nay, that the hire of Kellen Moore was a good one by the Eagles this weekend. False. False. Ooh. Ooh. Why? I don't know if people, his offense in both Dallas and in LA with the Chargers, it's a really, it's an interesting offense, but it exposes the quarterback to hits. It truly does. There's a lot of hot reads and stuff. Unless, I mean, yeah. if it's going to be his offense, and I think it is. I mean, listen to yeah. Nick. It exposes – you go back and look at the uh, the injuries to uh, Herbert and uh, and the Dak with, uh, in the Kellen Winslow offense. It's it's interesting. I mean, I don't I, – I was uh, – I happened to be at Merrill Reese's uh, conference championship party yesterday. And, nice. Uh, yeah, ate, ate so much I can't even get into my jeans today, you know. Well, I didn't get the back. invite. What the hell's up with uh, Merrill? And, Come on. I, I didn't get that invite. Man. They did I, big guy. Well, I didn't yeah. either. I crashed the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went up to the front door asking for directions, you know, so they, but, um, <laughs> good job. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm talking about that there. And, uh, you know, the guys there, are, I should say Merrill loves the guy. He thinks he's a perfect fit, you know? Um, and I told him, yeah, he's a perfect fit. If you want to expose your quarterback to uh, to a lot of hits, I, I just, I you know they're going to have to do something with that because uh, you ca- you can't just um, I mean Hertz is you, you're going to live and die with Hertz just like they lived and they died with Dak. And <clears> even, <throat> if, even if you look at the numbers of the quarterbacks, um, well Herbert, you know he he got hurt. What he played four fewer games this past year than he did the previous two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. In, in yeah, LA, yeah. played yeah. all seventeen, right? I mean, I, that to me, that's the offense. You can get hurt. I understand, you know, injuries and all that stuff. But this offense, man, he he takes some unnecessary hits, in my opinion. And so did Dak, who went from uh, twenty and fifteen, something like that, with um, touchdowns, and interceptions, um, two years ago to like thirty six and nine this year. Uh, so yeah. you know, I I don't think it's. You know, it's going to be fun to see how this thing unfolds, but you cannot expose <clears throat> the guy to, to hits, especially not after you paid him all that money. And uh, and he is the man. Um, well, the one thing about Kellen Moore's offenses, Bob, uh, they do what the Eagles didn't do this year. So is this the typical Jeffrey Lurie overreaction? Um, he flips on WIP. Uh, they can't deal with the blitz. Kellen Moore was uh, number one against the blitz in Dallas's last season there. Uh, they never used motion. Kellen Moore's top 10 using motion. It's just a typical sort of pendulum swing back to what you don't do because Jeffrey's not happy. I, I see that. I see some of that. And uh, and they, they definitely, they, they got to use motion. And they started using it later in the year, but it, it didn't look like meaningless motion. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't well, seem to have a know, purpose. You could argue and even, you know, 
at, at times the teams that use it really well, like San Francisco, we saw yesterday, there's a bunch of times they just use motion for motion's sake, and there's no real design behind it other well, than it trying helps, to. Yeah, it helps you identify what defense yeah. the opponent is in and what they're, what they're going to play. I think somebody pointed that out when uh, Kansas City did it, you know? Yeah. It, the defense starts moving around and um, yeah, you're testing the eye discipline of the defense basically. Absolutely. Uh, and, you, and you're figuring yeah. out what play you're going to go into, but that's for a real advanced guy like Mahomes. So, yeah. and uh, you know, a guy like that could do it. Could Hertz do that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll I was going to say, isn't that, isn't that kind of a challenge to Jalen to become that guy? Oh, absolutely. Advanced guy be able to think on his feet guy, be able to read more succinctly than he did this past year. That's not too much. Should they still be babying Hurts? No, I, I think that's a great point there. And uh, and I think he could do that. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have to be, I, I mean, motion, it, it takes a little while to do it, like as well as Mahomes does it, obviously. But uh, that that will help. Hurts is a, he's a student of the game. That would help him identify the defenses and where to go with the ball. And uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, watching Mahomes yesterday and just a, a another, sparkling lesson and where to go with the ball. I mean, I, it's it just unreal, unscripted, scripted. The guy just found the open man. And, uh, and for the large, Andy's large a big part of that as well. I mean, Andy's a big part. I think Andy deserves his flowers today, but one of the things you brought up hot routes, cause that's another issue. The Cowboys were really good at it with Kellen Moore, but that's about on the field. That's about, well, you that's about really teaching good. stuff and during the week that yeah, on the field, that. that's the quarterback and the receiver recognizing and, and being on the same right. page. Yeah. No, absolutely. But you know, you say really good. I don't, I don't know how good they were. Well, I they mean, were number one in 2022 against yeah, the but I mean, Look at their record. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, what did that get them? And, and, and Dak got beat up too. So I don't, you know, and, and they had a pretty good run game too. So uh, I, 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 I am really, it's going to be fun to see, you know, how they how they um, use this offensive line that uh, maybe underperformed a little last year. How they mesh that with a run game. And I, to me, if you look at the the playoffs here, it's clear that you know the run game is, you know, I, I know we have arguments about this, John, but you, you got to be able to run the ball. Well, you got to be able to run yeah. the ball December. <laughs> Nobody cares I, until well, December and January. Yeah, yeah I mean, January. well, yeah. yeah. December. Look at Baltimore. Baltimore, I, to me, they, you know, it was a great game plan by uh, not only Andy Reid, but Spagnuolo. I mean, he, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he just, he just mm. dared Lamar to beat him from the pocket and, uh, and they took it up. You know, I thought Lamar would run some more. He was effective when he did, but they just abandoned the run and it was still a close game. And it was, it, it was yeah, they make plays. Flowers gets the football in. Uh, Lamar that, doesn't. They get yeah. two touchdowns. You're right. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. But they shouldn't, they shouldn't even have that margin of victory. Can I ask a question of you two astute football minds? Because I'm sounding like a broken record with this. And I know people are probably tired of hearing it, but I, I just, it continues to boggle my mind. How does Kelsey get as wide open as he is? <laughs> He's not running a four five forty anymore. He's not twenty two years old anymore. I give her credit to Rashi Rice. He really has stepped up and become a viable, very viable second option. And yeah, Marcus Valdez Scaling made a nice catch yesterday. We dropped the football oh. all year long. You know he's the guy. 
How is a defense as good as Baltimore's allow him? He's targeted 11 times yesterday. Now, he made the one unbelievable catch over Kyle Hamilton who had perfect coverage. That's just a great athletic play and a great throw by a great quarterback. I get it. But on those other 10 catches, he was wide open like seven times. How do you allow a guy like Kelsey to get open in the Kansas City? If they had to, like uh, San Francisco's got more weapons. They got uh, McCaffrey coming out of Beth and Ayuk and Kittle. And Debo. So so that's really difficult to defend. You got Travis Kelsey and, all right, Rasheed Rice. They didn't throw the ball out of the backfield to anybody yesterday. How does he get as wide open as he does? It continues to boggle my mind, Bob Groats. Please explain. Yeah. yeah. Well, and not only does he get wide open, he gets wide open right where he needs to be, right at the sticks for a first down in the end zone, you know? I mean, it just... Uh, that's got to be, you know, that's preparation. And uh, and he has a chemistry, let's face it, with Mahomes. Those two guys, they, they just, they can look at the, they read the defenses the same way. But you're right. I mean, he, he does not run like he used to. He's no, hurt but yet there's the separation yeah. on every single play. Yeah. How do yeah. you not have two guys on him? And, and that thing like I was just talking about, like, it's just amazing. He, he's like a, he's like a video how to do a tape about where to go, where the sticks are. Make sure you know, make sure you're at the sticks. That, that is just, uh, that should be required viewing, you know, by yeah. all the receivers. Yeah. He, should, he just beat Jerry Rice's playoff, right? That's amazing. Um, uh, and he had, I think 11 targets yesterday, 11 receptions, yep. but you know, for all the talk, the Ravens defense played well enough to win. They and did. Especially Kyle Hamilton, tough, but, yeah. uh, <clears throat> yeah. So Steve, Steve Spagnolo does deserve a lot of credit. Now, since we're talking defense, I got to get, I got to get big Fangio info from you, uh, Bob. I think that's um, a good I like that. I know you, you like, like it. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like the scheme. Here's the thing. Yeah. I think I, he's the Jim Johnson of, of this era. Ooh, that's high yeah, praise. I, I mean, it's he changed against that that game plan he put together. It was one game, but even against the Eagles, he had real good game plans with limited with limited personnel, a ton of injuries, and uh, and he had them in that game in Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City doesn't score a lot of points, but they they were still in the game until late, uh, and they and uh, Kansas City's defense was killing Tua. So I mean, they were going three and out, three and out. But his blitzing, I mean. And people think that he doesn't blitz. He, blitz. he doesn't blitz a lot. He blitzes less he than the Eagles. He um, did against this Mahomes year. in the playoffs. Well, he he had a top ten defense statistically with the Dolphins. Had some injuries late, but they were the twenty second, I think, ranked scoring defense. Um, and he's been a defensive play caller, I believe, for twenty three or 24 years, somewhere in that range, very long time, almost a quarter century. He's got top five defense five times in 23 years. The last great defense he had was in Chicago where they were number three. If you go back to 2022, the Eagles were number two. Have, have, have the Eagles hyped this guy up too much? Are, are are people going to see this and expect the savior? And, and you know, the numbers say it's probably not going to be that, especially with this personnel, it's by gonna the way. Be, It'll be a good defense. It might not be that right away. The back end of that uh, defense is just 
bereft of talent. I mean, they they have well, they, yeah, that's part yeah. of the problem. And even yeah. even if you you start looking at those Georgia defensive tackles, you know, I mean, they need to step up. Those guys, you know, well, they, they definitely ran out of gas. I mean, you got to build on those guys. Yeah. You got to build the foundation on those. They're going to let they're going to let Fletcher Cox go probably in free agency, and uh, but uh, I I think he is. I think this guy's legit. I think he's really good, and um, I I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, John. He's going to have guys and. And uh, they're not going to – this defense with uh, with Vic Fangio, it's not going to beat itself. Not like uh, – and, and, uh, and I – Well, if you're going to run the scheme, I've said pretty consistently, this is the guy you want to run this scheme. My question well, is, do you want to keep running this scheme? That's my he, question. He, yeah, but here's, here's my question to both you guys. If not Fangio, then who? Do we want to go Wink Martindale? Really? No. I know it would no. be the most popular hire here in Philadelphia because no, yeah. he's blitz crazy, but is that no. where you wanted to go? Yeah, they, no. they don't have personnel to do that either. They don't have the blitzers. Yeah. You need some some real quality guys, you know, in the at linebacker and uh in the secondary to pull that off. I don't see that on their team, you know. I, I don't criticize the Eagles because they wanted experience. They didn't want a young guy. I would prefer if you're asking me, Jody, I'd prefer the next young guy who's got innovative you know, the Ben Johnson of defense, find me that guy. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe Evero. Um, he's, he seems to be well-regarded, but the Eagles wanted experience. If they want experience, you can't get better than this guy. So I don't criticize the hire and everybody loves him here. Jeffrey loves yeah. him. Howie loves him. Nick they, loves I, him. The guy, they, they the guy. took their shot with the young guy last hire with, uh, uh, Sean Desai. He, he had only been a well, yeah, that's why they're not going to do it. So you knew that it was coming. They weren't going to go down that road. They wanted an experienced guy, and Fangio's the best of that lot. Yeah, I, I, no question in my mind. I mean, I and I think I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised that uh, you know I don't think that he, he's very adaptable. He, I he, think they'll be better taught. I will say that I don't think you'll see as many communication issues. Um, on the defensive side of the ball um, guys blowing coverages all over the place. Just, just simply guys lining up first, first start. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Lining up where they're supposed to be. How, how can you tackle if you're not in, in position? I mean, at the end of the year, it was pathetic. I mean, guys, yeah. people's bumping into each other, you know, cause they're out of position to begin with and uh, blocking each other and taking each other out of the play. You know, I, I mean, that was, the worst Eagles defense I've seen in uh, what thirty years covering the. What about Bill Davis? A lot of people forget the Bill Davis Chip Kelly era. They had some bad defense. Yeah, but that was uh, that was skewed by the um, the yeah. fast break offense. You know that that defense was gassed. It's like having Doug Moe as your uh, basketball coach. Yeah. Who, who uh, was the guy? Carry. What was his? Carry uh Carry Williams. Carry Williams on the outside. Yeah. Had to go uh had to go sconce shopping. Yeah, he was completely right. Carry Williams. Four games into the season, our legs are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Uh, Peters was just uh he was not happy with uh Chip Kelly anyway. All right. Uh uh question for you, Mr. Groats. Opening week next week, Philadelphia Eagles, the Vicks Fangio defense ready to roll. Will James Bradbury won't be one of the starting cornerbacks? Yeah, good, good question. I I don't know how much money they'd have to eat, uh, and how big a consideration that would be. That's a lot of money, isn't it, John? Yeah, 
They yeah. get spread it out over two years. They make it a post June first uh, cut. I think they got to move way, on. I, I think they got to move on from one of them. And yeah, I don't think they're well, moving on from Slay. So cornerbacks just don't, they don't just don't grow on trees. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I think he would definitely play better with uh, with Fangio back there. And you can't. I mean, and you're gonna laugh at me again, Jody. You can't blame this all on Bradbury. I mean, he was the only guy that that played most of the year or played the whole year back and he, and he was accountable he admitted yeah. I, I love james bradbury he had a really bad year yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bad year yeah his legs were dead i mean yeah he ain't hurt too so but I, I think he'd probably be better than than what you got so are you going to take a cap hit i don't know but they they need help they need um they need safeties I mean, let's be honest about that. That that's a huge need. I, they're going to have to go out and find a couple. Of Could have had Kyle ago. Hamilton a couple of years ago. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Went a different direction. Um, they, yeah, Jordan Davis, right? Yeah, yep. Jordan Davis here. Um, Jason Kelsey, you mentioned and the funny a little thing bit. About, could I just add this? Because yeah. I remember it uh, distinctly. The the Raven fans who are now living large with Kyle Hamilton. If the Eagles hadn't traded up to get in the position that they did. The Ravens would have taken uh, Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. Yes, they would. They absolutely yes, were. They Kyle were. Hamilton was their secondary choice because the Eagles got in position to right. take Jordan. That's the reason they the traded up. The we knew the Kyle plan. Hamilton. What a genius selection, Kyle. No, he wasn't. Your, your guy, reason, your general uh, guy, going to take the same yeah. guy the Eagles took, except the Eagles beat That is hilarious. That is the reason they traded up, yes. Correct. They knew the Ravens were taking uh, dumb, Jordan Dumb Davis. luck. They they ended up with the Pro Bowl guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You've been here since day one. You talked a little. I, I think Fletcher might retire. Um, um, I, no, I think he's coming back. But I Jason, think Jason Kelsey, you've yeah, been here from day one. Yeah. Is he is he is he retired? He, yeah, he talked think- to Olivia yesterday. Olivia went down, uh Reiner from the uh Inquirer. Yeah. Uh she was in Baltimore. He talked to her. He's leaving it open still. Is that just because Travis is still playing? Um is he coming back? Because I got yeah. the feeling he wasn't. Yeah, and- I mean with that blog or blogcast, whatever what do they have? What do they podcast, podcast. Blogcast. Blogcast, yeah. yeah. They're saving something from an announcement for that. Who knows? You know what? Maybe maybe his brother retires too. No, his he brother... already said he's coming back. But Who? maybe when Travis, Travis said, said he was coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, that uh, before the end of last year, I think things could change. You know, and yeah, hey, if he wins this, again. He's got Taylor before, Swift. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, he, you know, and and if she dumps him, he can always come back to football. You know, like. If he needs something to do, like, you know, like Gronk come out of retirement. Yeah, why not? Why not? That's a, I guess that's a possibility. Gronk. I'm on. I'm on record. Both Kelsey's play from day one next year. Nobody's yep. retiring. Jason's not retiring. Oh, wow. And here's the All difference right. with me with Jason. Had the Eagles made a run, if they won the Super Bowl, then he walked off into the sunset. Nobody argued that. But if they had advanced in the playoffs, got into a championship game, maybe went back to the Super Bowl, lost again, lost to his brother again, then I think he could have walked away. They folded. That, that Their season ending was an abomination. Jason Kelsey want to go out on that note? The career that he's had here in Philadelphia, going to be a Hall of Famer, probably first ballot. And oh, by the way, his team lost six of their last seven games, and they were ugly as all get out. You want to end your career on that uh, final paragraph? I don't think so. 
Yeah. He's coming I, back. Don't, I don't even know that they get in the playoffs next year. Do you? They may win. Boy, they, 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 if they I, don't make the playoffs next year. I don't know, man. I, we're, we're, we're doing this again, man. Everything yeah. is gutted. Everything is yeah, gutted. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you look at the teams in the final four. Did the Eagles beat any of them the way that they're playing? I mean, and I know you could talk. Oh, about they can be right back. You make good decisions. This league is. Final four now, of all the national NFL. football or yeah. just the NFC? Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. You got to get through the NFC first. So, And they, another thing we haven't talked about, I think they need a right tackle. Not yet, but yeah, I Lane's think he, coming I, back. I think he wore down. I think they need to, you know, maybe this draft, you can get somebody like that. Well, they always want to draft the guy draft. early. Yeah, well, yeah. well. One yeah, draft no. guy early. If, if they need to, if they need to, with all they have to do during this <laughs> offseason, you're saying right tackle is a position I, they need well, to they're, press? They're Holy one. mackerel. They're getting, they're showing some age, you know? And, and they might already have the answer right tackle uh, after Lane Johnson. You never know with Tyler Steen. They think he's going to be a guard, but he seems better a tackle to me. Um, and who knows? He might develop. Uh, Tyler Steen to touch. He's going to be their left guard, their right guard this year. I, if I if you're right that Jason Kelsey's walking away, that means Jurgens going to center. Means Steen's going in the I, guard. I say put Landon Dickerson in the middle. You know. He was the Remington Award winner. He'd be great there. Guy remembers every line call that was since the time he got here. Very, very smart. Yeah, he played some center this year when Much, Cam uh, yeah, Cam was better. hurt. And um, then you could put Steen at left guard, or you know. But they don't want to move uh, Landon away from Jordan. They're like best friends. They're thickest thieves, and they yeah. destroy uh, sides in the running game. I think Landon Dickerson would give him a, just a huge advantage in the middle, in the interior of that line, and um, and that that's a real critical area. Look at look at some of the teams that are that made it, you know, to the the final four, and look at their interior. I know there was an injury on uh, Joe Thune was hurt. Yeah, right, right. Doesn't matter. They, Kansas City wins with anyway. Mahomes, yeah, but but very strong up the middle. They had a great pivot. So did uh, Baltimore, you know, and uh, I, I'm not sure that. Uh, you know, maybe Cam Jurgens. Yeah, Tyler Linderbaum. He's a good player, Baltimore. But Jurgens uh, did all right at right guard. Frank Ragnow is tremendous. Always banged up, but he's tremendous with Detroit. Uh, San Francisco. I forget their their center is not great. Who is it? Brendel. Uh, he's not great, but uh, um, yeah, right. most of them have really good centers. Yeah, I think the Eagles have to go back to the playoffs next year. If not, yeah, Bird Street. Oh, they're buttoned. They're they're, they're 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 they're. Uh, Sirianni's gone. Moore's gone. Uh, Vic, who he might retire. He's that, uh, sixty-five. You, and you, he's going in. This he's kind of a lame duck going in here too. Oh yeah, he's after, not kind of. He emasculated with these coordinator changes. Jody likes hot seat. Whatever you want to yeah. call it, lame duck. Yeah, he's yeah, on the, lame he's on duck. The when you got two years to go on your deal, I'm sorry, can't you? Well, that's semantics. That he's, he, he, he's coaching for his job. Is the point? There's well, no doubt about it. He's I coaching think for his job. Even the free agents can look at the writing on the wall. They're going to go. Do I want to go here? Do I want to sign like a three or four year deal with this no. team? You know, if they're giving the most money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It all comes down to the best if deal. Well, it's not. I don't think it's just that. I think they can get the money somewhere else, you know. But do I want to go to this situation where I don't even know who the head coach could be? You know, that that's uh, that's kind of uneasiness that uh, is very uneagle like, you know, 
in the in the past few years. Well, that's so. what happens when you yeah. uh, take the power away from the head coach. Point at Jeffrey Lurie there, uh, Bob. I mean, yeah. he took the power away from the head coach. So they're in this position because of Jeffrey Lurie. By the way, who should have been up there answering questions last week, Bob? Agree yeah. or disagree? Yeah, I, I think that would have been good. Yeah, especially uh, in light of uh, uh, the the status of uh, of Nick. Now, in fairness, they never said that they were gonna. I mean, it was no, that, but that, you know, what, he, but it's pretty it's pretty clear he took away some autonomy from Nick Sirianni, oh, and he's the yeah. one doing it, so he but, should be the one answering been, the question. He's never been a vote of confidence guy, you know, like some, no. some other people. And then, you know, those votes of confidence, as soon as they give them, you know, like you can just count the days until uh, whoever it is gets axed, you know. So. Here's the here's the one defense I'll give of Jeff Laurie and know full well I've got tongue partially implanted in cheek here. Um, if you put Jeff up there, then you're just making Nick Sirianni out to be a bigger liar than he already is. Yeah. Because there are going to be questions that are asked that Nick's going to have to lie about because he's not going to go, well, Jeff just stripped me. He's not going to say that with Jeff sitting right next to him. So he's going to have to lie. And we saw all his lies this year. And you need a coach who the players have to look at him and go, are you lying to me again? Yeah. So you couldn't put I Sirianni in that really, position. I thought he was candid at this thing. As candid, you he know. He tried more, to be. He tried yeah. to be as candid as he could be. More open than I've seen him. Yeah. So it was kind of like um, he had some kind of understanding with how he like, all right. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging, you know, like uh, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to let people know what my decision nah, nah. I if got that. Go, if yep. you're going to go down swinging, you're out. You know, went down swinging. Doug Peterson went down swinging. Sirianni yeah. said, okie doke. I'm going to take my medicine. Yeah, I don't think Doug had a great plan. And he also had Carson Wentz thing working against him. You know, that that's not good. You know, well, they got rid of Carson. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but he Jalen loves yeah. uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Jalen loves Doug Peterson. Yeah, yeah. At he Bob Groats, he was the great Bob Groats in that Delco Times. Yeah, okay. go ahead, Bob. He wasn't real happy in that uh, last Doug Peterson game against Washington. No, no, he when was that not. Pulled for Nick or Nate Sudfeld. Remember that? Come on, the yeah. great Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, the unstoppable. No, that's what Jeffrey that. called him. Great the Nate. unstoppable. Yeah. All right, Delco Times, make sure you read Bob. Uh, Say hi to Merrill Reese when you're hobnobbing next time with him at the party. Yeah, what what party are you going to this week? Or Super Bowl? Who's Super Bowl party are you going to, Gross? There is a a, uh, a pro football report Tuesday at Parks Casino. Parks Casino. Uh, A pro football report with Merrill. Bob yeah. Groats, do you have yeah. a special guest lined up yet? We're working on that. We had a we I, we unfortunately had a cancellation. Guys have scrambled uh, yeah. from not a lot. Yeah, it might be uh, Jody Mac, but don't tell him I said that. Yeah, we okay. made. Yeah, all right. Hey, Groats, Jody might you, be a Parks anyway. Fly. Just grab him for you. Yeah, as long as you get me out before the sixth race. Uh, for you, <laughs> anywhere, buddy. I'll all show right. up anywhere for you, Groats. See Bobby, you thanks, bud. Talk to you. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Bob. Groats, right. uh, Delco Times. He was on Birds 365. Yeah, yeah. Have to twist my arm mightily to go up to parks. All right. Uh, McDonald McMullen coming back to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Got Mac and Mac the last couple minutes with us. Then Bill Calarulo and his power hour coming up next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh J Mac, need a prediction out of you. Not the Super Bowl. We got all we got two weeks to figure that one out. But um I gotta be talked back into San Francisco. Before is- the Super Bowl, um the Eagles, as a matter of fact, Kyrie Roseman at all might be heading down to Mobile today. Uh, senior bowl practices and stuff start next week. So how he's going to be out of Dodge. Um, but you have to continue to do football business as usual, hiring two no coordinators, continuing to evaluate the staff. Will there be a meet our news the coordinator news gathering between now and the Super Bowl next week? Um, I doubt it for that reason. The senior bowl is this week. Uh, the practices start tomorrow. I I was going to say probably not this week. People would love to have it this afternoon, not happening and probably not happening this week. How about the week between the the senior bowl? Um, before the Super Bowl, will, will we, will we get a chance to hear? I doubt it because they don't want to, uh, my guess is now last year they, we didn't get Sean decide till really late in the process um i i think they're not going to want to upstage the super bowl you know part of that is nfl yeah, but really. last year because they a went to the super bowl and yeah. b didn't know they were going to have to replace yeah, yeah. their defensive coordinator till thereafter so yeah, yeah it was much later they got their two coordinators in place uh two weeks before the super bowl ever happens yeah. 
Any I, I, I don't I don't think so. I hope so. so but I. I don't think so. So should he, every um, Eagle fan. You always want yeah. to hear from the guy. Uh, for the reasons I just mentioned, this week's Senior Bowl, next week it's going to be we don't want to take time away from the Super Bowl hype. That'll be the excuse. And that's crap. That the is only crap. thing you're doing is is for the Philadelphia fan. Exactly. Nobody, it is crap. Nobody no, needing no, to see I, 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 tune in to see what the new Philadelphia defensive coordinator has to say. It's just purely for Eagle fans. I, I hope I'm wrong. And and part of it, too, like Vic has been doing this forever, so you don't have to worry about getting guys up to speed, about handling the devastating Philadelphia media. And Kellen's been doing it, even though he's young. As I said, this is a sixth year, so he's used to doing it, too. Right. So I think that helps. They don't have to worry about them putting their foot in their mouth but uh i hope so but i don't think so yes you'll be waiting for that text that may never come anyway yeah john and i'll be here talking about it whether we hear from either uh, vic fangio or kellamore doesn't matter birds 365 is here for you every single day same bat time same bat channel mac man i'm back again tomorrow you in yeah, let's do it. I wish I could be at senior bowl practice, but we'll do birds 365 and talk about uh, at some point. We'll talk yeah, about some a couple of guys. Bowl. I reached gotta out. Get, to. Gotta get in, 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 I got to get. I'm way behind. I'm always way behind when it comes to draft stuff uh, until the season ends. I got to get immersed. Yeah, a couple guys I reached out to for guest spots said, no, sorry, I'm going to be in senior ball this week. So uh, and chances are next week we'll get catch up with some of those guys and get a post-senior bowl week update. Uh, but you'll get Mac and Mac right back here tomorrow. Thanks for streaming in today. Hit the like button on the way out. Catch us both in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.